there's a bumper sticker that is quite popular and seen on lots of backs of cars, and there's some truth in it, I think. Jesus is coming. Look busy, okay? You can purchase them on Amazon. I checked. It's close. Jesus is coming. Be busy, okay? That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, is how to do the works that God prepared in advance for us to do, but to do them with success according to how Jesus does ministry. Amen? Are you with me? Frank read from 1 Thessalonians. We'll turn there, if you can, in your Bibles. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, as we get started. I have it up on the PowerPoint. If you want to follow along with that, that's fine. Let me read. Now, brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It's the next event that's coming. Jesus is coming back. But He's coming back for His church. And He's coming back with the people that you have shared His love with. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you brothers are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Jesus is coming back, and He's coming back for His church. He's coming back for His bride, and He wants you to be busy doing the work that He prepared for you to do. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was single-minded. Look in 1 Corinthians, up at the side of 1 Corinthians 10.33b. It says... Paul, this is Paul saying, I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, that they may be saved. Single purpose, his entire life wrapped up into that one verse. I want you to be thinking about your own life in light of this. We're no different than Paul. Amen? God wants us to be using our life that was purchased at the cross for His glory. And He wants us to be mingling with people. He wants us to be sharing His love. And I'm going to show you tonight in a way that Jesus did ministry that will leave you a little challenged but mostly encouraged in your ministry as you look to your brothers and sisters and people that are lost. You're going to really be encouraged. Okay? Why was Paul so single-minded. Really, Second Thessalonians 1.9, I'll read it. You don't need to turn there. Listen to what he says. They will be punished. These are people that don't know Christ, the people of the darkness that he was talking about. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. Wow. It's just sobering. I'm not saying pack your bags, go on a guilt trip for, for 
not sharing the gospel every minute, but we want to be purposeful. But often we get discouraged because the result is nothing like we had hoped for. But I think tonight we can change things. I want you to see from Jesus' perspective how to share in a way that you know God will be working. Okay? 1 Thessalonians 2, 19-20. He says, For what is our hope? Our joy, this is Paul speaking, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes. Remember, He's coming back. That's the next event. Are you ready? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Others were Paul's glory. That was his joy, was knowing that others were going to be with him in heaven, in the kingdom of God. But why is it so often when we share that people are so disinterested? And I was reading a survey about millennials, okay? Not to pick on millennials because the millennials in our church are awesome. But the average millennial, 50% of all millennials, thinks it, think that it is almost unchristian to share your faith. They don't, that they don't want to bother someone else. 50%. Wow. Well, we've been given a mandate to share. Amen? And I want to be able to leave you tonight with the way that Jesus shared that you could leave encouraged and to know that God is working. John, chapter 5, verse 17, 19, and 20 kind of gives us an insight as to how Jesus did ministry. I've read it many times, but I want us to take a deeper look at it tonight. John chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus said to them, My Father is always at His work to this very day. I too am working. Okay? Jesus saved them this answer. I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by Himself. Now that's fascinating. He can only do what He sees the Father doing. This is key for your ministry. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, to your amazement, He will show Him even greater things than these. That sounds to me almost a little mystical. I want to break that down for us, what Jesus is saying for us in terms of how to do ministry. Number one, it's important, I want you to write this down if you can. Are you with me, Sylvie? The Father has been working all along. Okay, the Father's been working all along. The Father is at work in certain people's hearts. Okay? That's what Jesus is saying. The Father's been working all along. Number two, now the Father has me working. This is the most important point of the whole night is this next one. I can do nothing on my own initiative. I watch and see what the Father is doing. And we're going to see this in Scripture. And the Father loves me. This is how Jesus did ministry. And you're like, well, okay. What's that look like? I want you to listen to the story. And we'll spell it out. True story of a pastor in Canada. Listen to him. How it didn't work. And then how it did work in terms of ministry. While I was a pastor, my congregation began to sense God leading us to reach out to the city's college campus. 
I had never done student ministry before, nor had the church. We were advised by experts in collegiate ministry that to reach the campus, we needed to begin Bible studies in the dormitories. Makes sense, right? For almost two years, we tried to start a Bible study in the dorms on campus, but very little came of that. So not much success. What's success mean? People coming to Christ. Yet we were convinced that the university campus, with its thousands of young people, were a field ripe unto harvest. One Sunday, I pulled our students together and said, This week, I want you to go out to the campus and watch and see where God is working. If God shows you where He is working, immediately join Him. They asked me to explain. That's what the pastor said. God had impressed on my heart two scriptures. There was no one righteous, not even one. There was no one who understands, and there's no one who seeks God. Romans 3.10 And no one can come to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws him. So nothing can happen unless the Father has already started the work. I explained, according to these passages, people do not seek God on their own initiative. Amen? People don't ask questions about spiritual matters, listen, unless God is at work in their lives. When you see someone seeking God or asking questions about Christianity, you are witnessing God at work. That is something only God does in people's lives. God has to start. That Sunday I told the students, if during the course of your week attending class, someone starts asking you spiritual questions, Whatever else you may have planned, don't do it. Cancel whatever you have planned and spend time with that individual. Discover what God is doing. That week, our students went onto the campus watching, just looking and listening to see where God was at work so that they could join Him. On Sunday, one of the female students excitingly reported, Pastor, a girl who has been in the classes with me for the past two years approached me after class today. She said, I think you might be a Christian. I need to talk to you. But I remembered what you said. I had a class in a few minutes, but I skipped it. Okay, parents, don't listen to that. We went to the cafeteria to talk. She said, 11 of us girls in the dorm have been studying the Bible, and none of us are Christians. Do you know someone who can lead us in a Bible study? As a result of that contact, we started three Bible studies, groups in the women's dorms and two in the men's. For almost two years, we had tried to do something for God and failed. Then for three days, we looked to see where God was working and what a difference that made. Over the following years, hundreds of students trusted Christ as Savior and Lord through that student ministry. Many of them surrendered to full-time ministry and are now serving as pastors and missionaries all over the world. They were doing ministry Jesus style. They looked to see where the Father was working and then joined in with that ministry. Because remember, nothing can start on our own initiative. Often we wonder when we share why it fails. God has to start the process. God the Father has to start the process you can't start it on your own. When you go out to share, and you are, we go out to care and share, and we are knocking on a door, it seems like at the end of every care and share, there was one person, one person 
who was really seeking God. That's where the Father was working. You have to be looking how Jesus does ministry. Remember, he says he does nothing on his own initiative. We're going to look at some scriptures so that you can be convinced in your own mind how Jesus did ministry. Let's look to a familiar passage, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Very familiar story about Zacchaeus. Now remember, Jesus ministered to the masses always. Okay? But... As he ministered to the masses, what was he doing? He was looking to see where the Father was working. And then he joined in with that work. Let's read Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. There was a crowd there. So, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. Now picture this. There's a crowd out there. Jesus is witnessing to the crowd. But he's looking to see where the Father is working. A rich man dressed different. In our society, let's say someone in a three-person, a three-piece suit is climbing a tree to see Jesus, okay? Are you getting me, okay? So he's a rich man climbing a tree to hear more about Jesus. So what? He's seeking. He's seeking. But Jesus tests him by asking him a question. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to stay at your house tonight. Immediately, he turns and calls him Lord. Okay, so he knows the Father is working and he's going to join in with the work. And he says to him, hey, Zacchaeus says he's humble, seeking, and he's repentful. Lord, if I've taken anything, I'm giving half my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody, I'm giving four times the amount. Remember, Jesus says, I do nothing on my own initiative I look to see where the Father's working and I join Him in that work. What happens often when we share the Gospel and we get disappointed, it's because God the Father hasn't working there. How do we know? We're going to look through a couple passages. What was Jesus looking for? He was looking to see if the Father was working. Remember, you can't do anything on your own initiative because until the Father works in that person's soul... They're dead, according to Ephesians 1. What can a dead man do? Nothing. Okay? And so, you've got to look to see where he's moving. When we go, let me show you how this works. Each year, every other year, I mean, we go to the Greg Laurie Crusade. About 35,000 people are in the arena in Anaheim Stadium. 
Statistically, and it seems to be true, each time we've gone, we've gone many times, 10% of the people come down to get saved. But out of that, they've done research, not on Greg Laurie, but on Billy Graham. And the question was, how many people keep walking with the Lord who came forward at a Billy Graham crusade? The answer is 1%. Okay? 1%. So, at Greg Laurie, 35,000 people come. 3,500 come down to get saved. 350 walk with the Lord till death. Why is that? The Bible is clear in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate, because wide is the road and broad is the gate that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. How many is that? Out of 35,000, about 350. And so, why is that? That's where God the Father was working. When the message came in, they responded to what the Father had already done. And because nothing can happen on your own initiative. You can't be smart enough. You can't have the best words. You have to look to see where the Father's working. Then join Him in the work. You know why? Because then He gets the glory, not you. Does that make sense? Listen with me. Let's look at Second Chronicles 33, 9-13. Second Chronicles 13. This is another way we see the Father working. And this is a good heads up for us. When to see how to join in with the Father. Let's pick it up at verse 9 to 13. But Manasseh, he was the king, was led, led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Basically, the most wicked and vile man ever. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria and took Manasseh prisoner, check it out, put a hook in his nose, that ought to feel good, bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. When people are in their distress... Maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's an illness, maybe it's an accident. That's when people are open to the gospel. And often God the Father is working there. People are the most open when we go to the hospital to visit and give them the news that it doesn't look like they're going to live. Why? Ecclesiastes 3.11, God said, I put eternity in their heart. They know that there is eternity. Listen, it's one thing to be a young atheist. I have not met very many old atheists. Okay, <laughs> As you get closer to that day, guess what? They're starting to think a little differently. It's easy to be young and cocky. okay? But as you get older, guess what? Eternity has been set in your heart. And according to Hebrews 2.15, you will live as a slave to the fear of death 
until you answer that question. So guess what happened to Manasseh? He's going to die. All of a sudden, he's not cocky anymore. And in his distress, he poured his heart out to the Lord, humbled himself. And the Lord said, yeah. Why? The Father was already working. And he came to the Lord. So, we learn from Zacchaeus, look, people that are asking spiritual questions and are seeking God. We look to Manasseh, someone in their distress. God the Father is often working. The next one I want you to look at, and this is a little more challenging, Mark chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. Mark chapter 7. Often we get disappointed when we're sharing the gospel with others. The reason we're disappointed is what? God the Father's not working there yet. Well, how do we know where He's working? People are asking spiritual questions. People want to know about God. If they're not asking those questions and they don't want to know about God, yeah, you can plant seeds. But remember, you can't do anything on your own initiative. God the Father has to have started the work. Let's read it, Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. Starting at verse 24. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet, he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syria, Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. Listen to what Jesus said. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Seems like the story can be a little challenging in in our thinking, but remember, there was no pushback from her in terms of the parable that Jesus was asking her. Remember, Jesus is on the outskirts of the city. We read in Matthew, where the story gives us a little more information, the disciples are trashed. They are exhausted. Okay? So Jesus tries to sneak away to get a little rest for his disciples. A woman whose daughter was possessed by a demon. Think of the effort that she had to make to come to Jesus. First of all, he did it in secret. Think of all the people that she had to ask. Where did they go? Do you know? Remember how many times she got, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But she was persistent. Okay? She finds Jesus, busts into his house, and kneels before him. Totally humble. But Jesus doesn't know if the Father is at work yet. So he tells a little parable. And he says, testing her, he says, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. What is he saying? It's not right, Jesus is saying, to take Israel's bread and toss it to their pets, meaning toss it to someone else. And she said, and her response showed 
that she had faith. And remember, if someone has faith, it's not on their own. The Father's already at work. She said, her response, yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children or Israel's crumbs. What she's saying, I know you came first for the Jew, but guess what? There's still some left for the Gentile. He was testing her faith because he didn't know if the Father was at work. He tested Zacchaeus' faith. He didn't know if the Father was at work. You can ask people when you're witnessing to see if the Father is at work. Remember, nothing can happen on your own initiative. Think about it this way. When you think you can do something and you pray, Oh Lord, as I go forward, I want this person uh, to come to know you. When the Father hasn't started His work yet, you make God your slave. Instead of you being God's slave. You're telling God what to do and how to work. When He says in John 6.44, No one can come to Me, Jesus says, unless the Father draws Him. You've got to see where God is moving, then join in. Guess what? You don't have to worry about how people are going to respond to the Gospel if the Father is already at work there. Amen? Do you see that? The same is true in my own life. I was in the military and I was a young man. I got joined at 17, out at 21, and um, saw quickly in my life what a mess you can make of your life when you run it yourself. Amen? Can you raise your hand? Amen, amen? Okay. We all made a mess of our life. That's what drew us to the Lord. So, I was bicycling across America and really my prayer was, Lord, something's wrong with my life, but I don't know how to fix it. That was my prayer. Something's wrong with my life, but I don't know how to fix it. And I started winding across America, bicycling day and night, and in the Dakotas, I heard a radio preacher, and the radio preacher was telling me what I wanted to hear. How I could have peace and hope in my life. But you know, somewhere in the Dakotas, I got off my bike, I knelt down on the side of the road, I humbled myself and said, Lord, I'm yours. I understand it now. And guess what? The radio preacher didn't know me. And there's 312 radio stations in America, going around America. But his word came, where God the Father had already started a work. I heard that word and responded to it because the Father was already at work. And I joined in with the work of the Gospel and gave my life to the Lord. And from that day forward, I said, Lord, I'm yours. Just like that last song, Lord, I'm yours. Use me. We don't know sometimes when we talk to people. We say, well, I just... I just prayed to the crowd and I just prayed over those people and asked that uh, God's name would be lifted up. We don't know because we don't know where the Father's working. It doesn't stop us from doing ministry, but we need to do like Jesus did to what? He asked the right questions. And He questioned people to see if God the Father was at work. Remember, He ministered to the crowds. Amen? But then He looked to see where the Father was working and joined in. If that's how Jesus does ministry, I think that's how we should do ministry. Amen? And not get ahead of the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to bless this and bless that and we make God our slave. It doesn't work like that. 
I want you to do ministry the way Jesus did it. He did it by watching the Father work and joined in His work. He never operated on His own initiative. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank You that we can have a real partnership when we stop to see where You're working. And like that college pastor, Lord, they tried for two years and got nothing because they asked God to bless their work. When in reality, they took time to watch, to see where God was working so that they could join in the work. And Lord, that's who we are as a church. We're people who follow Jesus and His example. Help us, Lord, not to get ahead of You or behind You, but to be in step with You so that we can say that we join in Your work so that You get the glory, not us, Lord. But I know, Lord, there's people here tonight that don't know You. And I know, Father, that You've started a work in some of these people. And tonight may be Your night that You say and humble Yourself and say, okay, this is the night I want to turn my life over for You to run. So take a moment. Examine your life. Do you have, are you a slave to the fear of death? Do you have hope for today, hope for tomorrow, apart from yourself? Jesus is coming back, and He's coming back soon, and He's coming for His family. Are you part of that family? If God is speaking to you in the quietness of your heart, just pray. Repeat after me, O oh Father. I've been living in rebellion to you. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for running my own life and making a mess of it. Tonight, Lord, I want to be part of your family. I want to submit my will to you and read your word and use it as my guide. Forgive me, Lord, for those times of rebellion and making a mess of my own life. Tonight, Lord, I want to make it right with you. I want to get right with you. Just keep your eyes closed if you could and your heads bowed. And if the Lord's talking to you tonight, just raise your hand and say, That's me. That's me. I want to commit to that tonight. I want to get right with you. I want to turn my life over to you. Just put your hand up so he can see it know that that's a commitment between you and Him. Is He speaking to you tonight? Lord, for those seeking You, I pray, Father God, that You would open their hearts like You did Lydia. And that they would come into that relationship with You. And they would have the peace and the hope that only You can offer, Lord. Strengthen our church, Lord, by helping them to see how you share it. Help them not to get ahead of you, Lord, to see where the Father's working so that he gets the glory. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thanks for coming.